0: hey folks welcome back to the culture jack podcast i'm your host dustin and if you are if you're thinking that i maybe i'm sounding a little strange well that could be for a couple of reasons one we haven't spoken to each other in like a month i realize i've put out some uh, some semi-ready semi, semi ready podcasts, some, uh, some podcasts that were frankly half-baked uh, in the meantime. And so maybe it's just the fact that you haven't listened to this podcast in a hot minute. Or maybe it's because you haven't listened to me in a hot minute. Or it could be... The reason that I sound slightly different, slightly strange, I mean more so than, than normal, is because I am faring a particular shade of green as of lately. For about the past week, I've had a cold. This is the first time that I've been sick in the last two years. So say what you will about the pandemic. Say what you will about the coronavirus. I know everyone's got all kinds of opinions on that, but all of the things that I was doing for the last two years must have been doing something. All the things that I and everyone else around me was doing for the last two years. Must have been doing something. So, I apologize if I have a little hiccup or a cough here. I uh, It's not, not my intention to deliver you a bad show. No, it is the triumphant return of the Culture Jack podcast after our spring break. Did you guys have a good uh, spring break? I know it necessarily wasn't a spring break for you, but... Um, but at least we're all still all still here it got a little dark there for a second and and admittedly it is still pretty dark in that that region of the world um but we all haven't fallen to nuclear war yet because this is an episode that i'm recording earlier this week it is not an episode that has been recorded uh, a month and a half ago so uh, congratulations to us for still being a surviving species on this planet in this solar system. And I just learned something weird about the solar system, that there's a uh, a bubble that surrounds our solar system that is made up of denser space, I guess. And so this bubble that surrounds this particular solar system uh, is one of the qualifying factors for life, not just a planet like ours, that's within the habitable zone uh, n- near our star, but one that is protected from some of the more, more uh, aggressive radiation in deep space. So I thought that was really cool, but that's not, that's not important. How was the break for me? You might ask. Thank you very much for asking. You're so polite and considerate. The break for me was very nice. In fact, it was so nice. I'm considering more breaks now there is no quicker way to lose a passion for a thing than to do that thing nonstop or to feel like there is an obligation to do that thing. And for me, that is where I hate to say it, but some of the podcast was getting, and you might've been able to tell in some of the lackluster episodes that I prepared. And so it's healthy to step away from those things that you are passionate about for a moment to prevent yourself from being burned out. And that's the last thing I want to do is be burned out from this podcast because I enjoy it uh, very, very well. So I am thinking about more breaks in the future. Maybe maybe one a little later this summer, uh, one again during the holiday season in the winter, and then one uh, like we just did in the spring, I think would be appropriate. And as a result of the of the break, I had an opportunity to do a little soul searching, to do a little uh, meditative uh, mind practices in my mind palaces and my <laughs> and my otherwise uh, escapes from reality. And I think there are going to be some changes around the podcast. And so, before I get into the show today, which you may have noticed if you looked at the runtime, is going to be a little bit longer of a show than I normally do. And there's a reason for that. There's a cause for that. And I'll, I'll explain all of that here. Well, shit, I'll go explain it right now. Uh, there are going to be some changes around the podcast. If you're new to the podcast, I, I mainly don't lead with this much exposition about the podcast. I don't do this much, uh, dialogue and narration at the beat. Well, I guess I do. I guess I actually, I'm super guilty of that. So If you've listened to these podcasts before, you're like, Dustin, you are a bullshit artist. You are a hypocrite. This is what you always do. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And I'm sorry. So there are going to be some some changes uh, to the podcast. And I did enjoy that one episode uh, a week. So I'm going to continue doing that. If you recall, before March, we were doing five episodes every single week. We would have a Sunday with the Weekend Wire where Anthony talked about movie news and then Monday he'd do Monday Madness where he talked, you know, really about whatever his passion was in that particular moment in that particular week. Then on Thursday I would talk about video game news. On Friday I'd deliver what I'm passionate about. And then on Saturday we'd talk exclusively about an episode uh, of a show that we're watching or a movie that we watched on, on today's episode. We're changing all of that. Uh, so we're doing one episode a week now. They're going to be on Friday. Do not despair, though, because these episodes will be, I think, uh, better quality. I'm I'm putting out some formatting changes that I think you will like. Uh, they are also going to be longer shows. So normally I would get between maybe a 30-40 minute episode per show. Uh, now I'm going to be recording. I'm going to do probably end up doing multiple recording sessions for a single show and the shows will be at least 1 hour long. This one is going to be considerably longer, <laughs> considerably longer than that. I don't know if my sick voice will be able to handle it, I'll probably have to do four or five sessions about it. Um but they're going to be better quality episodes, I think. There is going to be a more regimented show format Uh, In that, I will talk about uh, movie news, then I'll talk about video game news, I will talk about a show that I'm watching or a game that I'm playing, and then I will, you know, read some of your letters. Some of your emails, your write-ins, your comments, uh, and, and discuss some of those things maybe at the end of the show. There will be more formatting changes in the upcoming weeks. Like I said, this show, uh, I want to focus mainly on the news that we've missed over the course of the last month and a half. So, it's going to be mostly news, this show, and then you're going to see more of these changes roll in as I get this format, as I get this format down. Episode drops will be every Friday. Uh, And episodes will alternate between something that I've prepared, maybe far in advance, maybe it'll be a couple months before I actually release the episode by the time the episode's released, and it will alternate between uh, news shows, which is what this is uh, today. I am looking for feedback on shows, so if you guys tell me what you like, what you don't like, that would be greatly appreciated. Uh, Also, I'm looking for future guests, Uh, so if you feel like uh, there's someone that I should have on the Culture Jack podcast, or you yourself want to talk to me about Marvel movies or shows or video games or new technology or any of that kind of stuff, uh, please send an email my way or, you know, slide into my DMs like the kids say. Uh, The news show will also now be uh, both a video game news show and a movie news show. Before I was just doing video games and Anthony was doing movie news, uh, and so there is a reason why that change is happening. And the reason it's going to be h- a hybrid show like that is because Anthony is going to be extending his spring break <laughs> on Culture Jack. He's going to be taking an extended uh, extended break from the show. And he is going to be doing that because he is focusing on uh, his collecting hobby right now. If you didn't know, Anthony is a... A devout—I was going to say a devout collector. He is a uh, consummate professional. Professional in the collecting world. Uh, he's got a YouTube channel, a Instagram, a a branded account called The Breakout Daily, where he hosts things like comic book auctions. He is constantly growing his co- comic book collection, and he will be back. Do not dismay. Do not panic. Anthony's coming back to culture. Jack. It's just not right now. So in the meantime, in the interim, I will be doing my best to fill the big shoes that he has left on my doorstep and covering all of the news. That's movies, that's video games, that's tech, it's everything everything else. So speaking of the news, there is a lot of it. There's a lot of news. So we're going to be catching up on some headlines uh, for the last month, So, I mean, if you're interested in that, some of these news things you might have already heard about, I'm going to be running through them, I don't know, not very quickly, because you know how I get, I get a little distracted, I get a little sidelined, and so I'll probably be going out on some tangents myself, Uh, but if I am your news source, if you have been sans news for this past month, well, buckle up, baby, because we got some news to do, and I think I'm not going to get rid of the swoosh from the news show, so Here's that swoosh. All right, all right, on to uh, movie news. Now, I, I think I should reconsider the swoosh. I mean, I like the swoosh. I think people like the swoosh. I've had no negative uh, commentary or feedback on it, but I was thinking like musical identifiers, between different topics of the podcast. So, movies could be something like movies are here. Watch what you fear. It's Batman. Actually, Batman's the first story. That's why I said it, but that's not going to be the theme song. Like, I would never make something so very uh, specific for something terribly generic, like uh, a movie news category. So, I'm going to talk about some movie news. It's been a while since I've gotten a chance to talk about movie news because, like I said, historically Anthony has covered that part of the podcast so I went through and I collected a bunch of a bunch of stories off of comicbookmovie.com and oh my gosh there were a bunch of stories I did the same thing on gamingbolt.com for the gaming side of this and I I kid you not when I say For the very tail end of February on through March and the beginning of April, there were hundreds of headlines, hundreds of stories that I'm interested in. And I did try and record this one time, but I found as I was recording it, gosh, I'm getting very, very bored. So I decided, you know, you should you should stop and you should curate this list a little bit more. So this is my curated list, and it's still a long one. Uh, So I'm going to start with The Batman. Uh, The Batman came out last month, and I still haven't gotten a chance to see it, though I have heard very, very good things. So far, the last time I checked, it is at $700 million at the global box office. It has 85% currently on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's definitely going to have a sequel. Everyone is talking about the after credit sequences, and like I said, I haven't seen the movie, and I've tried my best to stay spoiler free on the internet, and I think I've been mostly successful to that end. So I haven't been spoiled for the after credits, but I am excited. I am excited to uh, to finally see this movie, and a lot of folks were really shitting on the casting of Robert Pattinson as the lead, as Bruce Wayne, as Batman, and it it, it harkens back to a time when they were shitting on the casting of Ben Affleck as Batman. But by all accounts, Robert Pattinson did a fine job, a sequel will definitely be greenlit, and Ben Affleck can eat my shorts. No, that's not true. I actually really enjoyed Ben Affleck's Batman, and his Bruce Wayne, I thought he... He played the role uh, amazingly. Uh, unfortunately, he has too much personal demons to continue on as Bruce Wayne. Morbius was just released this last week. Did anyone go see anyone go see Morbius? You would not uh, be held to, to too much of account for not having seen Morbius because a lot of people did not like it. They said Morbius was just just not good. It has currently 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. Although the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes is at 70% right now. Now, why is there that that big disparity? And what does it remind me of? It reminds me of, do you remember when Venom came out? The original Venom movie with Tom Hardy? Well, that had a critic score of 30% and an audience score of 81%. Why is there this, this massive disparity between audience and critics? And I kind of have my tinfoil hat on, my conspiracy hat on, when I say that it is either uh, a, a intentional coordinated effort by reviewing agencies to, to disparage these Spider-Man, Marvel, uh, MCU tangent movies to thus lower their box office receipts, to thus uh, have a, a potential... For Disney to swoop up and buy them. That's by the rights to Spider-Man and all of his rogues gallery. That's just the conspiracy side of what I think. Alternatively, that same conspiracy could then be applied as well, but not maybe that the reviews are all coordinating, but that there is a coordinated effort by some on the inside of the Sony production teams to actually produce bad movies, to produce these Morbius-level movies, and I also heard that the end credit scene for Morbius, there's two of them, stay after, there's a right after the end, end title card, and uh, a mid-credit scene as well, I've heard, so stay after if you are going to see Morbius. It did open at number one with a $39 million weekend, Um, so You know, not super great, but not super terrible either. I heard it had like a 70 or $80 million budget. And so with that kind of um, opening, it's probably on track to make its money back. I'd imagine. At least I still intend to see it unless I I don't get an opportunity to. I have to see the Batman first. And the Batman, (laughs) it feels like an old person named uh, this movie. I don't know what's that hero you kids like. It's uh, the Batman, isn't it? It's the the Joker. <laughs> it's the Iron Man. <laughs> I guess uh, the Joker is like the is part of his his uh, naming legacy. I think. So, what does this mean for the Spidey universe? The the, the Morbius movie. Without having seen Morbius, I can't really uh, hypothesize too much. But I would say that. If this movie succeeds, I think I feel like what they have done with the addition of elements from the MCU in Morbius, and that quick end credit scene in Spider-Man No Way Home with Venom leaving, uh, you know, part of himself in the MCU proper, I feel like Sony said, "Okay, MCU, you guys can use Venom." or you can use this symbiote to develop your own story over here and we get to use some of your properties in our universe, which is what I feel like they're doing. I feel like they are making two distinct Spider-Man universes and I think, if rumors are to be believed, Andrew Garfield is going to be the de facto Spider-Man in the Sony-led universe. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is nearly out. We are about one month away, it is the eighth today it comes out on May sixth, so a little less than a month. I have heard there are very many cameos in this, and so spoilers for Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. if you do not want to know anything about this movie, just shut off this podcast right now and then in a month after you watch the movie, you can turn it back on and and tell me how ridiculous all the things that I were saying uh are or were at the at that point were but are now. I mean, at the point that you're listening to this, were that dichotomy of me recording this now and you listening to it at a later time, it's, it's one that always does something interesting to my brain meat. Anyway, in the trailer for Doctor Strange, there was what appeared to be Patrick Stewart's voice, and I think has since been confirmed. Also, Tom Cruise is rumored to appear in the movie as a version of Tony Stark from an alternate timeline, alternate dimension, uh, one in the comics known as Superior Iron Man. Uh, there is other rumored cameos, but there's one in the trailers that keeps getting the buzz of the internet, all of Flutter. And that is, there's a superpowered individual that Wanda Maximoff is fighting, and she's fighting this person and people have done like 4K image resolution, and they're like, that is not uh, that is not Tom Cruise, that is not a white man, that is not a Tony Stark duplicate doppelganger, that is a Monica Rambeau, a superpowered Miss Marvel or Captain Marvel. Uh, Character from a a different dimension and yet other people still like that is not a woman though Look at the face look at the facial features. That is actually Jonathan majors That is the character Kang from the Loki series. That's going to appear in Ant-Man quantumania What Who is this person who is this person if you have theories? Let me know Uh, The runtime of dr. Strange has been revealed It's about two hours and six minutes and there are rumors that it is supposed to get an Avatar 2 trailer in front of the movie. Now, let's talk about The Slap. Let's talk about The Slap heard around the world. I know you're interested to hear our thoughts here at Culture Jacked on The Slap. I don't have, I don't have too many opinions on this. Uh, yeah, Chris Rock could have been more sensitive in his joke telling. And Will Smith uh, could have been less violent in his, in his reproach, not as a reproach in his reciprocation, um, of that act. But what happened? What happened to the Oscars? So at the Oscars, Chris Rock was hosting, was he hosting or was he a host? God, I don't know. I didn't watch the Oscars. All I watched is the controversy that, that spun up out of the Oscars. So Chris Rock is telling a joke Or he's telling several jokes and he looks over at uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, Will Smith's wife, and he he says, uh, G.I. Jane 2, Jada, I can't wait to see you in it. Um, Jada Pinkett Smith has a bald head. She shaved her head bald due to uh, alopecia, an alopecia condition. And so, well, at first, uh, it appeared that Will Smith was laughing at the joke along with the rest of the audience. Either he gave it a moment to sink in, or Jada uh, said, Hey, that's not funny. I don't care for that. And he proceeded onto the stage and slapped Chris Rock across the face. If you haven't seen it, um, I wouldn't suggest seeing the original video because there are so many wonderfully done remixes, remasters, and uh, compilation supercuts that people have made with this one clip. So you can go probably find one of those and it's, it's way better. Now I have not heard the term alopecia as, as much in my life as I have these last couple of weeks. And it's, it's actually surprising to me that this event has been so, uh, just so all encompassing. Like everybody is talking to about it. Everybody is talking about it for weeks after it occurred, and I mean, this story is really just, it's more Hollywood gossip than really any uh, about, you know, production or movie releases or anything like that. Um, there's a lot of opinions on this event, and there's a lot of opinions about who can have opinions on this event, and then there's a lot of people that have been condemned for their opinions and their hot takes on this event. R- really, at the end of the day, it's two millionaires that have beef with each other. And it's none of my business. That's all I've got to say about that. Um, There is, <laughs> again, if I can get a little conspiratorial with you for a moment, there is some thinking that Oscar viewership has been down. I think in 2014 or 2017, it was down to something like 40 million people. And then as early as last year, It was down to 19 million people and they were expecting like a 17 million person viewership for this particular Oscars event. So what better way to drum up some, I don't know, uh, excitement about the Oscars than to have these two Hollywood stars slap each other? I I don't know. It could be. Maybe, maybe not. I've also seen that on the Internet. I've seen these really intense breakdowns of... Well, you see Chris Rock has he was already bracing for the slap and he was leaned this way and this was the angle of release and there was one guy who did a <laughs> he calculated the DPS damage of the Will Smith slap like you would a character in Smash Brothers to determine whether that move was an effective move in a Smash Brothers game talking about resets and distance and all this stuff Uh, Very, very good. Uh, As far as the Oscars, like I said, I didn't watch them. I looked up a quick highlight of what the big winners were. And it looks like Encanto wins the best animated uh, feature. Dune wins for visual effects, cinematography, sound, original score, production design, and film editing. Very well deserved. You guys know that Dune was my movie of the year, and so I'm very excited about that. And then a movie named Coda Wins Best Picture, one that, unfortunately, I'm not not very familiar with. Uh, Disney Plus has added all of the Netflix and Marvel shows. The Netflix and Marvel shows, not all the Netflix shows. Disney Plus has added the entire library of Netflix shows to its streaming service. Netflix is is but a husk of a streaming service that it once was. No, uh, Disney Plus added all of the Marvel Netflix shows. I'm talking Daredevil, Luke Cage, uh, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, and the Defenders to its streaming service. They also added Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which along with, because those shows are intended for a slightly more mature audience, right, they also added new parental controls. I was very surprised. Uh, they added them very quickly after that. They made that announcement. I went into my Disney Plus, and it was like, "Hey, would you like access to the full catalog?" And I said, "You're goddamn right, I do. Give me access to the full catalog." So and then also, it made me approve everyone on the um, everyone that had a login on my Disney Plus account, uh, whether I was going to give them access to, and then allowed me to make a pin and and secure those more adult features from my children. And so to me, this is a win. This is an absolute win. Uh, we'll talk about you know where things fall in, in terms of being canon to the MCU in a little bit. But this is an absolute win for me. those shows, well, not all of them were great. I all of them I do think told a, a interesting story that's well worth seeing. But as you can imagine, Adding a more mature themed content to a streaming service and a company and a brand that largely characterizes itself as a kid-friendly or family-friendly brand did not sit right with everybody. In fact, uh, there's a group that the Parents Television and Media Council put out a statement saying, While we applaud Disney Plus for improving their parental controls, the mere presence of MA and R-rated content violates the trust of families and may well turn them off entirely. There is no need for Disney Plus to compete with the explicit content on other streaming platforms. Disney is already at a competitive advantage with a streaming platform that is the safest one out there for families. It is a foray the a TVMA rated fare that will forever tarnish its family friendly crown. Ah, uh, So, I, I mean, I don't agree with this. I, I think that if you have good parental controls and you, you know, this is going to be a shocker. It may even be a very controversial statement. I am fully ready to be canceled for this kind of thinking. But parents, watch your goddamn kids. What are you doing? If they're listening to this podcast, they shouldn't be listening to this podcast. If they're watching mature rated content, whether it be on Disney Plus or elsewhere, I mean, that's that's up to you. I am constantly monitoring my children, whether they're on Disney Plus or on Netflix or on YouTube or any other place on the internet. You should be taking care and consideration for what your children are watching. And I, again, I'm, I'm ready to be canceled. I'm ready to be hauled out in the streets and, and hung from the gallows for that, (laughs) for that opinion. Uh, but it's one that I have. So, and and besides they shouldn't be worrying about the adult rated content because there are plenty of things on Disney plus that, yeah, they're not rated MA or they're not rated R, but they're just as inappropriate for children. Uh, and I, well, I can't think of them entirely right off the top of my head. There are those things that um, maybe kids shouldn't be watching on that service as well. But the bigger issue, the bigger issue with these shows moving over onto Netflix is where do they fall in continuity of the MCU? Where do they fall in the MCU canon? Now, it is my understanding that they are outside MCU canon. Um, there there's been oh my gosh there are people that are just absolutely horny to get these shows included in the mcu lore but they're not there's another section of movies that are on there right now and they're called marvel legacy films and that's where the x-men and the fantastic four and those kinds of movies live and heck you know maybe now that they have these new parental controls on disney plus that's where the deadpool movies will live as well i mean here's hoping right uh there was even a website, the Marvel website, that was updated to show that Daredevil was part of the MCU. It talked about his exploits in the Daredevil season 3 and then moving into that into that Spider-Man No Way Home continuity. And then it was updated so that wasn't the case. And so it's been a big back and forth on the internet or are they or aren't they? And I think that they aren't. I think the intention of the MCU is to make this self-contained universe, to take all of the other schlock that was here and that was there and move it into a category where you say, yeah, this stuff existed, but maybe it existed in a different multiverse. Maybe this, these timelines aren't the timeline that we're living, living in now. There is a rumor that Daredevil uh, is getting a movie that is reportedly in the works already. Uh, one thing that they they did make a mistake on Disney+, Plus again, I mean, you can, you can call this parental thing a, a mistake or not. I think it's a great move, and I think it's going to open up the door for a lot of more mature-rated content that Marvel fans, that Star Wars fans can enjoy. And I know Anthony, uh, a few podcasts back, a few episodes back, he talked about uh, Marvel bringing more mature-rated characters into m- more mature-rated content. And so I think this could be... A step in that direction. There was an editing mistake on Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Some watchers of that show noticed that uh, there was a, a point in which um, Zemo he shot this scientist dude, and in the original cut of the show, the the dude had like blood all over his chest and his eyes were wide open, and and some viewers noticed that the blood was gone from his chest and his eyes were closed after he was shot. And there's another scene very close to that one where the Winter Soldier throws a pipe uh, right into an attacker's arm and pins them to a connex in this yard that they're fighting in. Uh, but in the, in the updated version that the viewers noticed that this pipe, instead of sticking into the arm, bounced off of the character's shoulder. Uh, Disney later said that this was a mistake, that this was a, a different edited version that had accidentally gone up when someone uploaded the wrong file and they replaced it with the original version. So that's all well and good, but it makes me think that Disney is, I mean, they're not fools. They've made so much money. They've made money hand over fist with this Marvel stuff. It makes me think that they are going to be doing distinctive edits for these different shows and movies, when they come out, whether that is additional or reduced dialogue in scenes, whether that is special effects that are, are introduced or whether they are removed or taken out or scenes that are cut wholesale from shows and movies. And then depending on your parental settings, a all of a sudden a TV MA show becomes a TV 14 show because of these certain things that you removed, thus still allowing that younger audience to have, quote, a family-friendly experience, which is so subjective and so arbitrary anyway. Like, you are allowed to say fuck one time in a PG-13 movie. Why does saying fuck one time and saying fuck two times be the difference between a PG-13 and an R-rated movie? It doesn't make any sense. None of this makes any sense. Now, listen. All rules are made up. All of society is made up. That person's job over there, not real. None of this is real. All of it's fake, made by humans. We're all playing a game. It's wonderful. We're making up the rules as we go. And these are currently the rules. Also, Disney Plus did announce that they are going to offer a cheaper subscription service, but they are going to include advertisements in that subscription service sometime later this year. I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of ads, but if it allows people another entry point into these fandoms, well, shit, I'll take it. Now, I know I said I took a break and I was just enjoying my time off this last month of March. But listen, I just can't help myself. I have to do work for the Culture Jack podcast. I have to stay on that grind as hustle culture would have you believe. So I did watch a few things. Over the break, and I wanted to let you know that they're good shows. I may go into further detail on some of these shows as I test out some of these new uh, formatting things on the podcast. So some stuff I watched over the break. I watched Turning Red, uh, which is hilarious because I talked about parents getting freaked out about the mature content on Disney+. Plus. They are also freaked out about this movie. And the reason that they're freaked out about this... Now, spoilers for Turning Red, a um, a Disney animation on Disney plus right now. You can go watch it right now. Uh, the reason they are freaked out about this spoilers again, is there is a, a, basically it is about a girl who discovers that she can turn into a giant red Panda and it's a lineage thing. It's been passed down, uh, from person to person in her family for, for many generations. And And she's trying to hide it from everyone when she, when it first happens and her mother comes in the bathroom and the girl says something like, I'm a big, ugly monster. I'm just huge and red. And the mother assumes that the young girl, her daughter is going through her very first menstruation. And so she, (laughs) she gets pads and she gets tampons and she's explaining that they're going to get through it together. And she thought, wow, it's really early and she terrifies the 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 young girl by bringing pads to the school and waving them around in front of her friends and parents are so terribly upset by this which i think it is awesome i think it i think it is great i have a daughter myself and when the time comes where i have to have these kinds of conversations well honestly Hopefully my wife has these conversations with her, but if she doesn't, this is a wonderful entry point into that. It's an icebreaker for a conversation like that. If a child is too young to know what the heck they were talking about, as my children were when they watched the movie, you just say, don't worry about it, I'll tell you when you're older. It's incredible they're outraged over this, but then... You know, a princess can get awoken by a kiss, which leaves some very undesirable traits for maybe college students in the future. <laughs> Kissing people when they're asleep. Or worse, I'm looking at you, Brock Turner. Um, this is not a big deal. This is life. Explain life to the people around you, man. Uh so turning red was very good. I laughed so hard in this, and I've mentioned it before on the podcast. Physical comedy, um, what was the last one that I saw that it really just it really just got my funny bone? Um, the one where, well, unsurprisingly, Will Smith was a was a pigeon. I think he slapped someone in that, too. But Will Smith was a a pigeon spy and uh, really good physical comedy in that. And so really good physical comedy in this. I won't spoil anything else uh, from the movie, but watch Turning Red. I will I will talk more about turning red later. I did also get a chance to uh, go to the movie theater, and I was pretty excited about that. Been a while since I've been to the movie theater, and there were two movies playing. I had my choice. I had my option. Uh, on the one side, I had Robert Pattinson's The Batman. I could tune in to Matt Reeves' spectacular seven hundred million dollar box office wonder, or or now hear me out. I could go see Jujutsu Kaisen Zero huh? Huh? Well, I already told you that I haven't seen the Batman. So that's what I did. I went and watched Jujutsu Kaisen zero and it was, it was delightful. It was a little bit of a prequel to the Jujutsu Kaisen series on HBO max. So if you have not seen that, uh, go watch it right now. Like you can watch the the whole first season on HBO max and it's absolutely wonderful. Jujutsu Kaisen, like I said, is kind of a prequel. I didn't recognize that the main character was even one of the main characters until like halfway through the show. Uh, but animation's wonderful on that, story's wonderful on that. And it gave you a lot of background on some of the characters that we actually see in the show. I also watched The Atom Project with Ryan Reynolds, and that was really good. Any movie or show that has a time bending kind of bent to it, I'm all about it. I can't remember if I watched this before the break or not, but I finished uh, the book of Boba Fett. Kind of underwhelming, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, not definitely not as good as the Mandalorian. And in fact, most of the the best parts in the book of Boba Fett uh, were the parts that had the Mandalorian in it. And I'm watching Moon Knight. Which, if I if I line up all my ducks in a row tonight, uh, you will get uh, some Moon Knight. At the end of this episode, I'll talk about the first two episodes of Moon Knight. If, if you don't get that in this episode, that means my my voice gave out, my sickness held strong, <laughs> and I didn't get a chance to talk about it. But that's what I'm planning to do, talk about episode one and episode two of Moon Knight. So stay tuned uh, to the end of this broadcast. Well, not the end, but maybe 10, 20 minutes before the end. I don't know. There'll be time codes in the description below you can check out. A couple cool trailers came out. We got Bullet Train with Brad Pitt. That looked pretty neat. The Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer came out. That's been delayed by two days from where it was, but I don't know really where it is, so I can't tell you how far it's been delayed, but it was delayed by two days, pushed pushed out two days. We got a Miss Marvel trailer. That... <sighs> I know if I if I keep stomping on every one of these headlines, this, this podcast episode is going to be four hours long. So I don't intend to do that. But that Miss Marvel trailer, I'm actually kind of okay with the way that they did her powers. When I learned that they were going to upend the way that her powers were portrayed, typically she's like a stretchy person like Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic. And now she's got like this, what is it, an amulet that you know, makes her Green Lantern, but purple. I don't know, but it looks all right. It looks all right. It looks family friendly. I think if I don't care for it, my son doesn't care for it. I think my daughter's really going to pick up with this one. And so I'm really excited about that. Then we got a trailer for Ambulance with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Yahya Abdul-Mateen II. Uh, That looks really good. Looks like a good popcorn flick. And I'm about that. Okay. Got a few other stories. And then we'll move on to some gaming news. What do you say? What do you say? Like, honestly, as I was going through this news, as I was parsing it out and, and trying to record the first time, there were so many, there were so many. I, I was just talking and I was just like, okay, here's the headline. Here's the headline. Here's the headline. There was no room for any commentary on any of this stuff. And now I think I've, I feel like I've found uh, that room. Okay, so let's get on with it. I did see some set photos from uh Aaron Taylor Johnson as Craven the Hunter. Okay, just a little bit of commentary on this one. Why is it that we have Craven the Hunter, a bad guy? Why does he need a bad guy? Because I guarantee they're gonna make him an antihero. Why can't why can't Marvel Studios, why can't DC well we'll see with DC with Black Adam, why do they have to make antiheroes out of venom? out of Morbius, out of Craven the Hunter, why can't they make a good villain story? I mean, you know that they have the ability to. We saw it with Thanos in... <laughs> I don't know why I said that. So uh, with Thanos, we saw it with Thanos in Avengers Endgame. Don't you know that was a fine villain origin story? And it was a fine villain origin ending. Why can they not make Craven the Hunter just a bad guy, or put him in a place, I guess, at least where it makes sense for him to be a bad guy. He was terribly embarrassed. He's out for revenge. Like these anti-heroes, when they come to actually be bad guys to Spider-Man and these other heroes, you you kind of want to root for them too. I don't. I want to root for Spider-Man. Uh, Futurama, uh, star John DiMaggio is coming back to Futurama. There was a little bit of a news story where, uh, Futurama is coming back. They are rebooting it, not rebooting it. They are starting it back up again. I don't even know what to call it anymore. Coming out on Hulu and they had all of the cast returning with the exception of Bender, which is John DiMaggio. Apparently there were some contract negotiation things that went on because he put out a quote that said, I'm back baby bite my shiny metal ass which kind of gave me the nostalgias and I'm glad that hopefully he got something he was looking for in those negotiations. Anthony Starr. Oh, this is this is kind of the part where I get to talk about movie stars behaving badly. Anthony Starr, who plays Homelander on The Boys, he receives a suspended sentence for alleged assault. While shooting a movie in Spain, so he's shooting this movie and they're suspending his sentence. I don't know what that's about entirely, but he's been up to some bad things. So maybe the real life actor is uh, doing a little, little getting a little entrenched in his role, perhaps. Loki turns out is the most watched Marvel series on Disney Plus. No surprise there. I I loved it. I watched it twice. Uh, another uh, movie star behaving badly, Ezra Miller was arrested in Hawaii. Um, Allegedly, he said to a couple that he (laughs) he was going to, quote, bury them. And apparently he's got some other assault allegations. I don't know if this bodes well for Ezra Miller's continued role as The Flash in the DC properties. Maybe The Flash movie, that is one of the reasons it was delayed. Oh, shoot, I haven't told you yet. Yeah, The Flash was delayed again. Think it was the Flash, yeah. Aquaman and the Flash, anyway. Uh, here's some s- kind of sad news. Kind of, um, Bruce Willis has retired from acting following his announcement of aphasia diagnosis. Uh, so, his family said that uh, Bruce Willis had aphasia, and apparently, aphasia I had no idea is like a cognitive uh, disorder wherein your mental fac- faculties go on the decline. Very similar to. Um, kind of a, I think like a dementia or like an Alzheimer's, uh, just one of those cognitive uh, declination um, disorders. And so it makes me feel bad because Bruce Willis has gotten a decent amount of shit for being kind of a shitty guy on movie sets and a lot of that now, in hindsight, a lot of these film producers and directors and co-stars and commentators, people who have long uh, derided his his attitude on set, are kind of saying, oh, shoot, well, that could have been a reason for it. His declining uh, m- mental acuity could have been part of that. So uh, I hope Bruce Willis is doing okay. Um One more kind of sad thing, William Hurt, uh, he played Thunderbolt Ross in Marvel. Um, He starred in The Village, Robin Hood, Broadcast News, A History of Violence. He has an acting career that spans the last 40 years. He passed away at 71 years old. So um, it'll be a shame not to see him in those Marvel movies. Uh, It'll be uh, a shame not to see the Red Hulk manifest Uh, with William Hurt, because I did love his portrayal of Thunderbolt Ross in those movies. So rest in peace, uh, William Hurt. And of course he just like any other public figure is not without some degree of controversy. His ex came out and said, you know, while she was sad about it, she couldn't forget the years of abuse that, that he put her through. So, you know, no, one's perfect. Don't have heroes is what I I heard it recently from a TikToker named third person. And he said, um, he said, don't have heroes because they all have, they all have closets. (laughs) That's not how that goes at all. They all have skeletons in their closets. We're all mortals. We're all humans, right? Uh, These are the movies. Aquaman and the flash have been moved back to 2023. Alternatively, Shazam two has moved up to 2022. So you should see that one later on this year. Blue Beetle and Booster Gold movies are uh, making progress, or so it seems. I'm very excited for those. During Justice League Unlimited, the cartoon run of those characters, uh, Booster Gold was one one of my favorites. The Penguin and Arkham, formerly Gotham series, are moving forward on HBO Max. So Colin Farrell is getting his own offshoot of the Penguin character from the Batman. There was also another social media, another TikTok user who was talking about the penguin. And he's like, why put 50 pounds of makeup on Colin Farrell when you could just hire a fat dude? I thought that was interesting. That was an interesting take. And it's something I'm going to have to kind of uh, expand out into an episode on its own. Not on its own, because I don't do episodes on its own anymore. I do not do topics exclusively by themselves anymore. They're all going to be wrapped up in this new nice formatting gift that I give to you of hour-long podcasts, a little bow on top, talking about a movie every time, talking about one of your listener uh, questions or comments, and uh, this stuff, talking about the about the news as well. John Ham. Turns out was in talks to play Mr. Sinister in The New Mutants. Kevin Feige, if you're listening, keep that in mind. I think he would be a wonderful Mr. Sinister. Disney Plus is putting on a Halloween special. They've also got uh, Guardians holiday special coming out at the end of this year. I hope this becomes a thing. I hope it becomes a thing where we get to see these characters in different roles than we've seen them in before. And in different situations that maybe aren't so tightly tied to the strict continuity of the MCU. And that's my hope. Anyway, there's a rumor that Wakanda Forever may be the place where Riri Williams' uh, Ironheart is debuted and that Ryan Coogler may be directing her series on Disney+. Plus. I'm excited about that. Um, still excited and interested to see what they do with this Black Panther sequel. Uh, especially, obviously, Chadwick Boseman has passed. Latita Wright is uh, doing some non, non-COVID non protocol-friendly things that are getting her on bad terms with Disney. Uh, so we'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. Maybe, um, what was the other guy? The, the rival to T'Challa from the other tribe. Shoot. Maybe he'll take over. And finally, in movie news, our last little bit for you. Christina Ricci has joined the Adams Family spinoff. Didn't she play Wednesday in the old one? I mean, that's what my memory says, but maybe that's Mandela effect. I don't know. If she was indeed cast, well, well she was. Since she was indeed cast, I think it's a wonderful casting call. Uh, But that is it for movie news. What do you mean you, you... get So you swooshed already? No, like I wasn't done though. I know I, know I said that's all I have for movie news, but I have uh, the movie releases that I wanted to, to tell them about. Also, we're still going. But you haven't swooshed. You did swoosh. Okay, so like right now? Okay, okay, okay. Hey everybody, I'm back. I'm back after the swoosh. I guess, you know... I swooshed prematurely, and I swear to God, this never happens to me. Don't ask my wife. Um, I wanted to tell you about the movie releases that you maybe have missed in the last month of March. And as we go forward, as we go on with these new shows in the future, I will give you, uh, hopefully, the movies that are coming out. So here we go. Uh, Really quickly, West Side Story came out. I have no interest in it, but you might. Uh, the Batman, obviously, on March 10th, the Hyperions uh, came out. I had no idea what this was about, but it does have um, Carrie Elways in it. In 1960, Professor Ruckus Mandelbaum, played by Carrie Elways, invents a device, the Titan Badge, that offers human superpowers and creates an unusual family of superheroes. Um, who rise to fame and prestige. But over time, the family fractures and things fast forward in 1979 when the two original superheroes go to extraordinary lengths to get their Titan badges back. And that's, it's rated R, so it's gotta be a little bit raunchy, a little bit fun, right? Turning Red, like I say, said, came out. The Atom Project came out. Wonderful acting by the person that, gosh, I don't want to spoil the Atom Project, but the the kid, in this he he acts just like the actor uh that he's supposed to be portraying awesome awesome work moon manor this one looked real interesting although i'd never heard of it uh with advancing alzheimer's and a determination to do things his way jimmy's decided to throw himself a fabulous fun year old Before his intentional death, showing his estranged brother, salt of the earth caretaker, sharp-witted death doula, a novice obituary writer, a cosmic being, and the guests at his funeral, that sometimes the art of dying, the art of living, just may be the art of dying. So this guy's going to kill himself at his own funeral that no one knows that they're going to yet. Uh, X, this is the one where the, uh, the porno filmmakers go to a farmhouse and then they're like terrorized by the residence there expired uh that came out and that is which one is this Hugo Weaving is in it Neon Drenched Metropolis works as a hitman his lonely wife is altered by two two strangers sounds like a cool cool sound in sci-fi one Jujutsu Kaisen 0 came out obviously on March 23rd we had the Halo series come out on Paramount Plus I still haven't seen that I don't have Paramount so, if anyone wants to gift me a subscription, you can do that. The Lost City came out with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum on March twenty-fifth. Uh, March thirtieth, obviously, we have Moon Knight that's ongoing. Just had a new episode a couple days ago on Disney Plus. Morbius came out to, <laughs> to uh, a sour critic reception. Um, the bubble. What is the bubble? Oh, shoot. Anthony just sent me this one in a text message. This one is out already. Uh, it is on Netflix. A group of actors and actresses are stuck inside a pandemic bubble at a hotel attempting to complete a film. And it looks like they're basically being held captive there because of the COVID protocols. So Latita, right? This is <laughs> They made this one about you. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, coming out today is Ambulance and Sonic the Hedgehog*. Two. Now, if you go to the the movie theater and you have to see one of the two, go see Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Just do it. Because you know Jim Carrey's gonna tear it up. Actually, I think Jim Carrey has stated that he is going to retire after that movie. Like this is gonna be his last movie. Can you imagine the 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 actor that brought us Ace Ventura and the mask and now Dr. Egghead? Is retiring on Dr. Egghead. Like that's his last one. Crazy. This one I'm very much looking forward to. Um, It's everything, everywhere, all at once. I don't know if this is coming out. I don't know if this is coming out on the 8th. But this is the one uh, where Michelle Yeoh plays an exhausted Chinese American woman. Who can't seem to finish her taxes. But then she is sucked into a plot by an extra dimensional version of her husband who introduces her to extra dimensional versions of herself, or maybe her personality is split between dimensions as she works to, uh, to save the entire, uh, multiverse bananas. It looks so good. Uh, my sweet monster is coming out on April 12th. Um, what is that one? I don't even know why I said that. Like, I'm not telling you every movie and show that's coming out. Just ones that are interesting to me. I clipped that for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, On April 15th, Fantastic Beast: The Secrets of Tumbledore. Man, I really tripped over that one. uh, Is coming out. And that's... uh, Was Johnny Depp even in one of them? Or was he just teased at the end of... Wait, he was teased at... The end of the second film, and then Mads Mickelson took over. Or did Mads Mickelson take over on the second film? I don't remember. No, it was the first and second. Was Johnny Depp in any of them? Or was Mads Mickelson in all of them? Is Mads coming out in this one? Anyway, I don't know. That's coming out on the 15th. Uh, duel, upon receiving a terminal diagnosis, Sarah opts for a cloning procedure. To ease her loss on her friends and family when she makes a sudden and miraculous recovery, though. Her attempts to have her clone decommissioned fail and lead to a court mandated, mandated, (laughs) mandated duel to the death. That sounds really cool. So they won't take her clone out and they just say, "Okay, well, you're going to have to fight for it. (laughs) The Bad Guys. Oh, my son is really looking forward to this one. Comes out on April 22nd. Uh, it is a adaptation of a children's book. Maybe it's a young teen book. Maybe it's a tween book. Um, where all of these animals are, shoot, they're bank robbers. But one of them has a change of heart. Has a little bit of a uh, conscience change. Uh, and decides he doesn't want to be the bad guy anymore. Uh, also coming out very soon in there. I didn't get the date right on here. I'm not doing this very well is the unbearable weight of massive talent, uh, starring Nicolas Cage, which should be a good one as well. Okay. All right. That's now that is it for the movie. Can we get that swoosh back in here? All right on to gaming news on to my my pride and joy my bread and butter here we go now i was thinking about separating the gaming news segment out into you know nintendo microsoft sony and then like other news and i don't know if i'm going to have the i don't know if i'm going to have the amount of news in each of those segments every week to do that so i'm not going to do that though it may seem like i'm trying to do that today and in fact Uh, before I I cut a lot of the stories and headlines out that I was going to talk about today, there were more things in the gaming section than in the movie section. But turns out, after I made all of my cuts, well, now I think the movie section is going to be... Whether that matters or not, I don't know if you tune in to the Culture Jack podcast for movie news or if you tune in for gaming news. And realistically... Both of those things you could probably get in a, a much taller order somewhere else. So I'm happy that you did it here. I'm happy that you joined in here. And, and realistically, um, we're probably about 56, 57 minutes into the podcast right now. So if you have made it this far to gaming news, either A, you're a dedicated fan to the Culture Jack podcast, in which in which case I'd like to say I appreciate you very much. Thank you for stopping back by. Or B, you're very interested in the gaming news. Or C, you've fallen asleep. In that case, wake up. This is all a simulation. We've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. That's not the case at all. We're gonna start out with Nintendo News. Uh, Nintendo has acquired SRD Company Limited, uh, which is a company that apparently has been working on developing Nintendo games with Nintendo for like the last 40 years. And if you're familiar with Nintendo News at all, Nintendo is making a habit, or they've made a habit, out of acquiring those studios and developers that have worked with them, that they have these long running relationships with. So when you ever, whenever you hear about a uh, Nintendo acquisition, it won't be like a Sony acquiring Bungie or a Microsoft acquiring Bethesda. It's going to be something that they've had like this close personal intimate relationship with, nothing really ground shaking within the industry. Uh, Nintendo Switch um, did have a Nintendo Direct earlier in the month. I can't remember what was on it. I did cover some of that stuff on Instagram. So if you follow Culture Jacked over there on Instagram, uh, you'll be able to get more news and more headlines as they come out. Because as these new shows go on, I'm not going to continue trying to prepare exhaustive lists because I realize that's not entertaining. And yeah, you may come here for some information, but ideally, if you want information, there are quicker ways to consume it. So I have to figure out a way to keep you here for me, for Culture Jacked, uh, and have you get that tramp stamp tattoo on, the, on your lower bank, uh, Culture Jacked. Will you do that? Set the appointment. Uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Land came out. That was one of the things that was, um, wasn't debuted. Maybe it was debuted. It was announced at, on that Nintendo Switch Direct. Well, shit, that Direct must have been in February then. Anyway, they announced new Pokemon games, Scarlet and Violet, coming late this year. And it looks like, or it sounds like, these are going to be games that are are built on the same engine as Arceus was, where it's kind of that open world. Uh, Arceus was probably the new engine they designed, the new uh, world, and they probably have all the assets as well uh, to go into games like that. So... You can expect probably more open-world action from Scarlet and Violet, which is great. I love to see that game going in that direction. And from everyone that I've heard that have played that game, uh, it doesn't go quite far enough in that direction. They are making strides. They are are taking it in leaps and bounds from where it was, uh, but a a true... Game-changing, revolutionary, open-world Pokemon experience we have not gotten just yet. So we can still hope for these next iterations, but I wouldn't say it's probably for the next uh, maybe generation or two. Uh, the Switch update uh, came out that allows users to customize their icons and to make folders. Okay, that's enough about Nintendo. I've 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 waxed poetically enough uh, about them for the last three minutes. I'm moving on to Microsoft now. Get over it. I know I said I didn't want to be as much of a fanboy, but I still have a Microsoft uh, Xbox, and I still enjoy their games very much, and I still think Game Pass is an incredible deal in the short term before it becomes an all-encompassing giant that will gouge us uh, in terms of price for subscription. So there is a rumor that there will be an Xbox showcase in May and in September, so look forward to those. A sequel to Fallout New Vegas is, quote, very, very early talks via Jeff Grubb. So Fallout New Vegas, if you have not played that game, came out on the Xbox 360, an amazing title, wonderful amounts of choice in there. It hasn't aged too well, though I did try and pick it back up, like I said in one of my podcast episodes I did on the break. I would really like to see Obsidian involved in that one again, Although we'll see what Bethesda does with Starfield and maybe uh, Bethesda-only Fallout New Vegas will be just fine as well. Xbox players can once again stream on Twitch for the first time since 2017. Uh, there was an option before for Xbox players to stream directly to, to Twitch, but they removed that in favor of their own streaming platform, Mixer, which we all know the story of. Uh, it failed. They had to pay a bunch of... Um, A bunch of people to move off the platform. No, they didn't have to pay them or they paid someone to come on the platform. There was someone that made $10 million to come on to mixer, then mixer closed up shop. And so essentially they made $10 million without having to fulfill that contract. The CEO of Steam Gabe Newell is quote, more than happy to help Microsoft integrate Game Pass with Steam and we've already seen some new games, not new games, but some Xbox exclusive games be optimized for the Steam Deck, which is really cool because now we essentially have a portable device, we have a handheld Game Pass machine with the Steam Deck. Halo Infinite Campaign and Co-op and Forge, not Campaign and Co-op, the campaign's out, play it, it's fun. The Campaign Co-op and Forge have been delayed yet again. Perfect Dark Game Director has left the initiative. Now the initiative, if you remember, is the Xbox first party exclusive studio that was made under the Xbox banner. So it's a new studio and it was the one like, like I said, developing Perfect Dark that then had Crystal Dynamics. And I think Crystal Dynamics are the Tomb Raider developers. I could be wrong there. But they had to come in and kind of rescue the development of that game. And I, I read other articles where they said that that game had been delayed, installed, and the work environment wasn't good. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a good thing. Uh, rumor has it there will be some new Xbox hardware revealed this year. And my bet, if I were a betting man, is that it's on something mobile. I know I just said that the Steam Deck is most likely now the Game Pass machine, or the mobile Game Pass machine. I think Xbox has got more mobile stuff. I can't imagine, I cannot imagine Xbox coming out with another iteration of the Xbox series. An Xbox Series Y or an Xbox Series W. Um... I think it's going to be something I think it's going to be something mobile. Uh, and then finally, it's been leaked that Xbox Game Pass is going to be coming out with a family plan this year, which will allow you to add up to five members of your family as long as they live in that country, in the in the same country that you do. So family members is a very like, you know, Anthony, I think of him as a brother. He's my family member. Um I think this is wonderful. I think it's only adding value to Game Pass. Now, yes, this will of course probably cost a little bit extra, but if you've got someone that you know doesn't have Game Pass and they want to throw a couple dollars your way to expand the expand the uh, subscription service, well then hell, now you've got five, up to five people that can play on your on your family Game Pass. In <clears throat> Sony news, Sony also had a showcase. Um, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, it was a little lackluster. It was an uh, indie showcase for the most part. There are a lot of indie games that were uh, broadcast on that particular showcase. Eh, so it was it was so-so, you didn't miss anything huge. They also announced a subscription service. Hold on, I have it here. Uh, that is going to launch in June. Uh, PlayStation Plus. Now, PlayStation Plus was their... Shoot... I get confused between PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now. PlayStation Plus was kind of their Xbox Games for Gold equivalent, where you got you know four new games every month on the service. Well, this one, they announced three different tiers. They've combined PlayStation Now and PlayStation Plus, and the three tiers are the PlayStation Plus Essential, which is going to be $9.99 a month, or $30 for a quarter, or $60 a year. I'm not gonna do each one like that. I'm just gonna give you the yearly cost. So $60 a year will get you all the current PS Plus benefits, including two monthly free games, cloud storage for saved games, exclusive discounts, and online multiplayer access. So essentially, that's the online service that we've been paying for with all of these systems for years, you know, minus Nintendo. But Nintendo's got the multi-tiered one as well, well, where they have A $20 tier and they have a $40 tier. Then there's PlayStation Plus Extra. And that's going to be for $100 a year. It gives you all of the benefits of PlayStation Plus Essential. Plus, it gives you a catalog of up to 400 PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 games. Uh, And then there's PlayStation Plus Premium, which is going to cost you $120 a year. All of the plus extra benefits all the essential benefits plus an additional catalog of up to 340 games from PlayStation 1 2 3 and the PSP libraries uh, all of the PlayStation 3 games are going to be done exclusively via cloud streaming and will also give you cloud streaming and a time-limited game trial mode so this is really cool. It's obviously PlayStation's answer to Xbox Game Pass, which I just said, what, which I've been saying, is a fantastic deal, at least right now. In the future, there are dark times ahead, my friends. Mark my words, in 20 years, we'll be, we'll be ruining the day we ever allowed Game Pass into our homes. But for now, it's a hell of a deal. It's a steal of a deal. Now, you may notice that there is going to be on PlayStation Plus a selection of PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 games. That wording is very intentional. It means that unlike Game Pass, where Game Pass and Microsoft have almost but guaranteed that new games will see a day one release onto their Game Pass subscription service. PlayStation has made no promises of day one releases for their exclusive content. And I think that's a very important distinction. Uh, Jim Ryan, the CEO of PlayStation, he came out and said that uh, the way our publishing model works right now, it doesn't make any sense, but things can change very quickly in this industry, as we all know. He said something along the lines of our developers, our publishers, they come up with a game and that game uh, gives a intrinsic value to purchasing that game, so <clears throat> you're gonna you're gonna get this subscription service if you're a Sony uh, owner. I mean, depending on the catalog of games. Now they have not released what games are going to be coming to the service, but you could probably guess like big games like uh, God of War is probably going to be coming to the service if it's launching in June. Maybe enough time has passed. They might even put something like Gran Turismo 7 on the service. Uh, but most likely a Horizon Forbidden West or Horizon Zero Dawn is going to be on the service. Probably Bloodborne, probably Demon Souls. Those kinds of things. Games that maybe aren't like the new newest. Uh, but you're definitely going to see The Last of Us and The Last of Us 2 and the Spider-Man games and stuff like that. I don't know if... If those games aren't games that you you've already played, it doesn't have as much appeal as a Game Pass subscription, but I do think that it does have appeal. Like I won't be getting it because I game mostly on Microsoft and I have I have very recently lamented the fact that I have too many streaming services for movies and television. I I don't have room in my life for two Hundred plus dollar subscription services for gaming in a year. I don't. I I can't play enough games to justify that. So anyway, those tiers are out there. Uh, We'll see. We'll see how the new service does. Elden Ring. Let's talk about Elden Ring. It was released this last month. It's been very prolific on social media. I've seen it on TikTok. I've seen it on YouTube. I cannot get away from this game, and I cannot play it yet because I don't have. I just don't have the cold hard cash to get a new game right now. I'm too busy paying for all that game pass, Uh, but it's very good looking. Uh, It looks very hard, but looks very rewarding. And I love old games that have followed a very linear format in the past, experimenting with an open world format. Like when we talk about Zelda, we talk about Pokemon, even this new uh, Kirby game. The, if you haven't seen this Kirby game, it looks essentially like Super Mario Odyssey, but with Kirby as a character. Uh, I love the expansion out into the open world. They're, they have put out a patch, or they put out several patches, I'm sure, um, that nerf some of the bosses or make some of the weapons a little bit stronger. And so that opens up an opportunity for us to talk about difficulty in video games. And does everybody need to play every single video game? And I think the answer is a resounding no. No, they don't. Like some games just aren't for you, Mac. Uh, And most of the games that have like an easy mode or a simple mode or invincibility mode, they, I mean, doesn't necessarily take away from it. And I listened to this guy on GameScoop, Justin, who always is talking about difficulty in games. And he's like, I bought that game. I should be able to play it the way I want to play it. I should be able to break it the way that I want to break it. And if I want a superstar mode that is not going to allow me to be hurt, an invincibility mode that allows me to go through the whole game with these side rails on, I should be able to do that. I should be able to pick the chapters of the game that I want to go to. I should be able to go fight any boss when I want to. Um, Which some people might say is a little bit of an entitled opinion. Uh, but I do agree. I think the game should be allowed to be played the way that a gamer wants to play it. I mean, at least as so far as a developer will uh, design it in that way. Difficulty in our games is part of our identity, says Elden Ring director Hidetaki Miyazaka in, in the New Yorker. He did a New Yorker interview, and he said, like, that's really what our game is about and a lot of people are giving this game very high accolades and very high praise because it seems like it is a completed game and there is so much content in it and they are planning free updates versus other games that will offer you, you know, a live service, uh offer you skins, offer you micro transactions, offer you the parts that they took out of the game as DLC. And so a lot of people are are giving this very high marks in that regard. Gran Turismo 7 was released, like I said, and like I've been saying, it looks like a beautiful game, but it is not without its own controversy. Microtransactions, the one that I, that I said, you know, are very absent in Elden Ring, are very prevalent in Gran Turismo 7. Uh what they did is they put like limited time vehicles that you can buy into the game. And these ge- these vehicles are going to come up at auctions every so often you're going to be able to buy them. They're going to put in uh uh options where you can sell these vehicles. And so people they were not buying the in-game currency to get these vehicles. They were just grinding races to get the in-game currency. And they just race and race and race and race and race until they had enough money to buy these very fancy, fancy rides. Well, the developers at Gran Turismo 7 didn't like that. They wanted them to be spending real-world money to turn it into in-game currency to buy these cars with. So you know what they did? They reduced the amount of currency that you could get by racing, thus making people have to grind harder in order to get that much money in order to buy the car, which is just absolutely so sleazy. And I think they, they came back and they put in an update that would give players like, uh, I don't know, a million dollars or a thousand dollars in in-game currency to kind of make up for this change. But you're not hearing the players, guys. The players want you to return things to the way they are. So if they're good at races and can get in-game currency that way, rather than than forcing them to open their wallet once again after they just spent $70 on your new racing simulator. I guess we'll have to see whether players really take a stand with this and how that's going to affect Gran Turismo 7's uh, in-game Economy in the future. And it's so weird to see a game like Gran Turismo 7, uh, the answer to the Microsoft's Forza Horizon, uh, was it Forza Horizon 7? Forza Horizon 5? Whatever the most recent Forza Horizon game was, like to compare those two releases with Gran Turismo now embroiled in this controversy and Forza Horizon receiving great accolades. It came out on Game Pass, so a lot more people played it. A lot of people that are not racing fans played it and said what a wonderful game it was, just in general. It won several Game of the Year awards from different different folks and different organizations. So it's weird to see that dichotomy, that uh, that break. Okay, so that was it for, I think, the big news stories I wanted to cover. I do have some other news headlines that I want to go into real quick. That's no moon. CEO has left the studio. This was the new studio that they made like a bunch of, uh, top tier developers from, you know, naughty dog and infinity ward and others came over to make this new studio. Well, the CEO, he's gone. Uh, it takes two is the game of the year at the 2022 dice awards. Something else happened at dice. What was it that I wanted to say? Uh, at dice, I can't remember who it was. Someone got on stage. And they were presenting award or they were accepting an award and they said, fuck Bobby Kotick, <laughs> which I think is awesome. Hogwarts Legacy got an extended gameplay trailer. Um, so that looks really cool. And again, another game that I didn't have much high hopes for. I didn't have much anticipation for, but it looks like a wonderful open world game. And like I say, I'm smitten with those kinds of games. The Silent Hill official domain name was lapsed and then someone scooped it up and took it. So it'll be interesting to see whether Capcom gets that back. I think it's still Capcom that does Silent Silent Hill or that did Silent Hill. They're not going to do one for a long time because there was that Guillermo del Toro, um, Norman Reedus joint. They were going to do a Silent Hill remake, but they never got around to it. All right, everybody, here's the big news. E3 has been canceled. If you hadn't heard it already, you hear it here first, both the digital and physical events of E3 have been canceled for 2022. Now, this is interesting. Um, Well, it's not so much interesting as it is expected. Like, we didn't think that E3 was going to be around for much longer. Last year kind of proved that E3 wasn't really needed or necessary, And we are still going to have Microsoft and Bethesda do a showcase of their own. Probably around that time. We're probably still going to have indie showcases and the Summer Games Fest. And we're going to have, uh, what was that one? Uh, The Cute Games, I think it was, or something. Ubisoft's going to come out with something. Sony's going to do something. Nintendo will have a direct, you know, whenever the hell they want. Because they don't conform to any of these gaming uh, industry standards. So there will be be shows, and your good friends over here at Culture Jack will be covering the shows this summer. Uh, EA Play Live 2022 also is not happening, though Summer Games Fest event has been confirmed for June. The future game show has been confirmed for June 12th. The Tokyo Game Show uh, for this year will be held on September 15th through the 18th, and that will be a physical show for now. Gamescom 2022 uh, will be held August 24th through the 28th and will also be a physical show. Uh, Gabe Newell discusses NFT volatility and cryptocurrency in gaming. I love, I love what he said about this. Um, He said, quote, with the actors that are currently in this NFT space, they're, they're just not people you're wanting to be doing business with. And I agree. I don't want the digital currency and digital economies of my games being run by people like, uh, Logan Paul and that dude that, uh, does barstool sports. Like I don't want, I don't want these frat guys to be in control of what my children could accidentally, what kind of Ethereum based blockchain NFT bullshit my children can buy when they're playing Roblox. So I think we probably will see an influx of NFT and cryptocurrency in the gaming space. However, I don't think it is going to be right now and I don't think it is going to be with this current set of players. I think once it gets a little bit more professional, once they self-regulate a little bit better because Lord knows, That's what cryptocurrency is about. It's about avoiding regulation, but they are going to have to self-regulate in order to deal with regulated industries like the movie industry and like the gaming industry. So I'm with you, Gabe Newell, on on that. Here's a news story. If you're wondering how much gamers spent on games in 2021, would would you say it was safe to assume they spent $20 billion? How about $40 billion? Is sixty billion dollars? Sixty billion dollars were spent on games, and I actually have some numbers here because I was curious. I was like, okay, so sixty billion dollars on games. It's a it's a relatively new industry. I mean, you know, within the last thirty years, really, is is when it's blown up. How much money do other industries make uh, for a uh, for a comparison? So, the movie industry. Is about thirty six point eight billion dollars, which is so surprising to me that we've got this essentially a newer industry that is making more than a, a very well established movie industry like or an industry like the movie industry, and that's just and that's just movies like the music industry in twenty twenty one came in with twenty five point nine billion dollars. So so think of that. These two industries that have been around for so long, movies and music, now make up almost the same amount of revenue as does this fledgling industry, the video game industry. Well, I I guess you can't probably call it a fledgling industry anymore. And then I just looked up for, you know, just for shits and giggles, like how much the book industry uh, made, and it looks like they they pull in about $3.1 billion dollars a year and so I don't know if that is uh, with with ebooks as well let's see mass market was up 5.5% uh, 240 million board books were up 9.7 with uh, 212 hardback revenues were 11.3% uh, coming at 3.7 billion also it looks like 6 billion total so 3 3 billion for hardback and three billion for paperback books as well. So I, and none of that, none of this matters. But if you have someone of maybe perhaps an older generation, tell you, oh, what are you doing with those damn games? You know, get a job or, or whatever else. And that may be true. You may need a job. Like if you're looking for work, you know, put in some applications if you can. It's it's not easy out there, but but do your best. Ah, uh, but. The video game industry does have incredible opportunities for a well-being, for a career. If you think of you know just everything from the journalist side of it, uh, onto the development of it, the advertising, the marketing. If you if you think about like esports things and even commentators there, like I could be an esports commentator. Um, I don't know what kind of game I'd commentate. I'm not a fast enough guy. Or a fast enough talker to I guess I talk kind of fast sometimes anyway epic uh, games acquired bandcamp uh, what is bandcamp I thought I took a screen cap of it I guess I did not don't worry about it uh, artists on bandcamp can can make I think 80% of I of the money that they pull in from that that app. Uh, what is it? What is it? I knew what it it was mere moments ago. Bandcamp is an app where you can put up your music or your podcasts and people can listen to them for a certain amount of times for free before they can buy and download them. And then the artist will receive up to, I think it's 81% of that revenue where, well, Bandcamp gets the rest, which I think is a pretty good profit margin when it comes to To that kind of stuff. Epic Games also is going to be working with CD Projekt Red on the next Witcher project using Unreal Engine 5, which is pretty awesome. Hold on, i got to close this menu out. It's going to bring up a second menu, and I'm like, I'm recording, man. What are you doing? Uh, CD Projekt Red also put out a statement saying that, hey, look, just because we are working with Epic Games and we are using the Unreal Engine 5, uh, or the unreal 5 engine. I don't know how you say that uh, Just because of those things does not mean that the next Witcher project the next Witcher game is going to be exclusive to epics storefront so just to uh, assage any any worries there I think the bigger worry for the next Witcher game would be the loss of trust that people have in CD project red following the debacle the absolute sham of a release that uh, Cyberpunk 2077 was out. I, I mean, I still like that game. A lot of people, though, had a lot of problems with it. Bugs, glitches. And it's since been fixed for the most part. And they have released the next-gen version of it. But CD Project Red has a, a pu- publicity kind of... They have to go make amends for that last mess. And I think that's going to be really on the shoulders of the publishers and the management team over there at CD Project to reduce, eliminate crunch and to have more realistic deadlines, not allow their game release to be dictated by the whims of their stock price. Stocker 2 development is on pause. Uh, they've They've mentioned that the war in Ukraine The G GSC game world is a Ukraine based company. And I mean, we've heard game studios talk about, you know, their game's been delayed. It's been pushed back because of COVID, COVID protocols. Um, You know, the PlayStation five Xbox series have had chip shortage issues, which is why uh, there's been kind of a shortage on those things. And they've they've cited COVID and things like that. I can think of a no better excuse than another country has brought war into your country than to postpone a game. Take all the time you need, guys. Uh, and if this game never comes out, I mean, your safety and your family's safety is more important than that. It's paramount uh, instead of instead of getting this game out. Though the game does look really cool. And now knowing that they are a UK- Ukraine-based company or a Ukraine-based developer... I'm much more interested in the game than I was before because I'd love to support them uh, in their efforts. I'm, I'm very pro-Ukraine here. Final Fantasy 16 was kicked off of the top spot in Famitsu's Most Wanted list. I know before the break we were talking about this almost weekly where Final Fantasy 16 claimed this top spot, but it was kicked off and then the week after it was back on and it's been back at number one since then. So rest assured final fantasy 16 is right where it needs to be moon studio directors are in hot water right now um they it turns out just like a lot of these game developers had a had a environment of hostility and harassment and abuse and neglect uh not a good place to make games and then even worse than that when they were called there was like a a 20 page article in was it the verge that put it out like a 20 page article that really outlined these complaints from the employees there they came on and they essentially defended their positions that they were taking to make this not a great place to work Uh, which gives good credence to the reason that Xbox canceled the next game uh, that Moon Studios was going to be developing with them, which is a shame. It's an absolute shame that this has to happen, and I am am such a big fan of Ori and the Blind Forest and Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Those are some of my favorite games of all times, and I I just was so happy for this little indie developer, this little moon studio to make these beautiful artistic games. And now you you find out that they're just another Activision Blizzard. Mm. I don't care for it. Forspoken has been delayed to October 11th. Uh, so if you were looking forward to that, Apex Legends has come out on mobile. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know how people can play games on mobile. I'm not a big fan of it. Okay, here's a big one. Fortnite came out with its new season. And during the introduction uh, cinematic for that new season, the character Sloan erased all of the buildings that the characters had made. And then turns out that there's no building in Fortnite, which is bizarre. It's absolutely crazy because that has been a staple. That has been a primary gameplay mechanic in that game for as long as that game has been out, I mean, really, maybe it wasn't in the beginning. Yeah, I think it was. So uh, it, it was fun to s- get back in that game. And I, <laughs> there was a point where my wife and I were playing Fortnite. It was one of the things we like to do. And one of the things that's so frustrating about Fortnite is you—you've got a sniper rifle, you got an assault rifle, and you're picking a picking a person off at two hundred yards, and you ping them one time and ping. You know, you get 50 damage on them. That's great. Nice little body shot. And then they turn into a goddamn skyscraper and they skyscrape right on over to you. And then they build around you and trap you in a box and then kill you. Now with no build mode, there's blimps in the game. My wife and I, we both had these long range thermal scoped assault rifles and we're sitting on top of these blimps and we were just picking people off. Oh, one at a time, ping, 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 ping. And we were laughing maniacally. <laughs> you can't build now. Where are you going to hide? And just one after another. We become very, very good at the game. But I've also seen this meme online where people are getting back into that game or getting into that game the first time that never have. Where this guy, he was you know, playing several versions of himself. He was playing in Apex Legends. Players he like, hey, guys, oh, can I play? Then a, a Call of Duty Warzone guy was like, "Hey, can I can I get on this? Can I try my hand?" Halo people, uh, it's it's united the gamers against these children that build really really well. My son is one of them; he can do that, do it so good. But Fortnite did add uh, a zero build mode, so now it is a permanent permanent mode on Fortnite. So if you do want to play Fortnite without any of the walls going up, without any of the staircases up to a higher higher uh, elevation, well you can do that. And that was the only thing, the only bummer part about the no build mode, is when you wanted to get up higher, you'd have to find a way to get up there. And they introduced new mechanics. They introduced a sprint mechanic, which I believe is still in the game, even though building has come back. And they introduced a clamber mechanic, or I think they call it mantle in this game. Clamber, mantle, you know, where you can climb up on the edge of things much like they do in Apex Legends and Call of Duty and uh, Halo and, and the like. And the final bit of news is Bandai Namco is interested in a fantasy game series based on the Brandon Sanderson novels. There will not be many times on this podcast that I recommend a book, but my brother got me this trilogy of books, the Mistborn trilogy by Brandon Sanderson. And I don't know... If uh, a game is a perfect place to represent them, Uh, a movie, absolutely. Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, one of these medieval fantasy witches and wizards, sorcery, uh, um, big, beautiful, (laughs) what the fuck am I trying to say? Uh, A epic, a epic tale. That's what I'm trying to say. One of these big, beautiful epics. But a video game, I'm not so sure. And Bandai Namco might, gosh, if I'm thinking about Bandai Namco, it'd have to be open world. And the thing that makes me excited that a game like this would be a possibility is that new Harry Potter uh, Hogwarts Legacy game. Because that one, it's got an open world and it has good magic gameplay mechanics that I think could, could really pull off this series or do this series justice. So... Uh, look forward to that. I think Brandon Sanderson, I think he's already wrote them like a script or he's wrote them uh, how the game could be or a pitch for a game with them. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see what comes comes about that. Okay. Oh, one more thing before I tell you what has been released and what is going to be released. Rockstar has announced GTA Plus, a monthly subscription for GTA Online. It's five ninety nine a month. Uh, (laughs) Anthony sent me a meme where someone was going out to a cow that was very, very skinny. And, uh, it, the guy had a a title over his star, and the cow was GTA five. We, we know GTA five, holy shit, three generations now and still going strong. Uh, it launched at the end of last March at the end of last March, the end of March. So, you know, week ago. And every month, subscribers will receive a deposit of GTA $500,000, I don't know if that's a lot, in addition uh, to member-only discounts, GTA dollars and RP bonuses, special vehicle upgrades, properties to claim in and around Los Santos, and more. The first month of membership, March 29th to April 27th, will bring uh, auto shop upgrades, lower fees for LS car meet memberships, RP and GTA cash rewards in races, and much more you've got to be kind of a hardcore GTA person uh, to get into something like that okay so that's that's my last that's my last story let's tell you what kind of games have been coming out here lately okay is this my first one um we got hitman sniper came out on March 3rd Babylon's fall on March th- I'm gonna kind of cruise through these because it's not like... If one of these games is interesting to you, like you'll go, you'll go check it out here. Um, Babylon's Fall, Triangle Strategy came out. I still haven't played that. It's on Nintendo Switch. Grand Turismo 7 came out on March 4th. Spell Force 3 reforced. Kokobo GP. Oh, that's that uh Kokobo Racer on Nintendo Switch. Uh, it got a 64 on Metacritic. That's where I'm pulling these, pulling these release dates from. Assassin's Creed Valhalla dawn of Ragnarok that looks like to be a DLC. WWE 2k 22 came out on March 11th. Phantom Breaker. Omnia came out on March 15th, a fighting game. Grand, the- <laughs> Grand Theft Auto 5 came out on March 15th. And this is the next gen version. This is the PlayStation 5 Xbox series X version. so now it has officially been released. On three different console generations. Man, that blows my mind. The Cruel King and the Great Hero. March 15th. Tunic came out. I am enjoying Tunic so much. I, I mentioned it on Beams. If you're not following me on Beams, go over there and give me a follow. Um, but this game has brought forth such, such a sense of uh, wonderment and discovery and fantasy and just... Uh, amazement and joy that I have not experienced in video games in a long, long time. Not since I was a child. It is a very good video game. If you are not playing Tunic, you should. Uh, Then on March 17th, Persona 4 Arena Ultimax came out. Monster Energy Supercross 5. (laughs) That's a branded motocross game on March 17th. Amno Mutonium on March 17th. Stranger Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin. I watched a donkey review on this on YouTube. It's hilarious. Go check it out. Go look it up. Um, these guys are all about trying to figure out how to get rid of chaos. Rune Factory 5 came out on March 22nd. A Memoir Blue on March 24th. Tiny Tina's Wonderland, March 25th. That's getting pretty good reviews now, I think. Uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Land on March 25th. Ghostwire Tokyo came out that same day. Ikai on March 29th. Ooh, that looks like a horror game. Crystar on March 29th and Crusader Kings 3 also on the 29th. Then we got on March 30th, Death Stranding Director's Cut was released for the PC. Weird West came out at the end of the month on the 31st. I downloaded that game. I haven't really got a chance to dive into it yet, but I'll let you know what I think once I once I have. Starship Troopers Terran Command it came out on the last day of March as well, as well as Moss Book Part 2 came out on PlayStation 4. I cannot wait for that to come to the Oculus Quest because that's what I have. Okay, so it's the 8th today. Uh, Oh, I guess we've got a couple more games that just came out. Uh, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga came out on the 5th. That is an incredible value for your money. If you have not gotten any of the Star Wars games and would like to, This is a perfect entry point for it. MLB The Show 22 came out on April 5th. Uh, It's not an Xbox exclusive, but it is on Game Pass. So if you're subscribed to that service, uh, Chrono Cross The Radical Dreamers Edition came out April 7th. Uh, Also yesterday, Godfall The Ultimate Edition. And then it looks like uh, next week, on April 12th, we get 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rem on Nintendo Switch, and Road 96 on PlayStation 4 and 5 and Xbox One and Series. And that's it for that's it for game releases. Okay. So I've got one more section of the show I want to do, and I want to talk about a uh, a thing that I'm into right now, or a thing that I'm into at the moment, a thing that I'm watching. Currently, Now, this is going to be a new segment that I do on every show, Uh, but on this one, on the new shows, I'm I'm going to try and discuss something current with you. And so, like I said, halfway through the show and a little bit earlier, I'm going to be talking about Moon Knight uh, today. So stay tuned. I'll probably give you another swoosh, but at some point in the future, this is going to be music. It's going to be maybe not Moon Knight music or hell. Maybe I will do a little music, a little musical number for this one here. Anyway, here comes Moon Knight. And before we get into Moon Knight, which is going to be the last segment of today's show, I guess I should take uh, a moment, and now would be a good opportunity to tell you, why don't you follow the podcast? I mean, if you have stuck with the show thus far... I think we're like an hour 40 into the show right now. I mean, it's probably worth listening to again because it's going to be more content like this in the future. So just go ahead and take a moment and hit the follow button, hit the subscribe button, leave us a comment. You can find us on all kinds of social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those, you know, normal ones at Culture Jacked. I'm also on TikTok. There's, you know, if you go down in the description of where you're listening to this podcast, there's a link tree that has all of our links available to the podcast, but I do appreciate you sticking with it, uh, so far. I am going to talk about Moon Knight. Now, if you've been a long time listener of the Culture Jack podcast, you'll know oftentimes on Saturday, we would do this, uh, this show called On Today's Episode, where we would talk about uh, movies or shows that we're watching or, or have watched. Now, since I'm reducing, I'm condensing all of our shows into one show a week, I'm going to incorporate that into this part of the episodes. Now, on days where I'm doing the news shows, it'll be something that is is current, that I'm currently watching, and hopefully you're currently watching too, so we can talk about and reminisce uh, about it together. And today it's going to be the first and second episode of Moon Knight. I think it probably uh, goes without saying that there will be spoilers in this little recap and review of this show. Um, so if you are averse to spoilers, or if you if you have not seen the episode yet, um, maybe you should tune out now. I mean, you got the video game news, you got the movie news, you got kind of what's going on with Culture Jack and what you can expect in the weeks to come. So, I mean, that's enough. That's enough. You've done so much already, and I can't uh, appreciate you any more than I already do. That's not true. I can always appreciate you more. Do more for me, specifically for me, for the podcast. Anyway, let's talk about about Moon Knight, so there were two episodes out already. The second episode just aired a couple days ago. Uh, in the first episode, we get to meet Stephen Grant, played by Oscar Isaac, and he's kind of this mild-mannered. He, he's putting on a very like uh, Cockneyed paperboy British accent, and he works as a uh, employee at a museum where he runs the gift shop, or he works in the gift shop in the museum. But he knows all about like Egyptian culture and stuff. We also meet uh, Ethan Hawke's character, Arthur Harrow. Um, Okay, well, I won't I won't talk about Arthur just yet. So uh, Stephen has these very weird sleeping arrangements, right? He's got sand all around his bed. He's got tape on the door. He actually he he hooks himself. He like cuffs himself to the bed via his ankle. Um, because he, he's got like a sleepwalking disorder or something, or so we're led to believe. Of course, we know this is a superhero show. We know that this is an alter ego of Moon Knight. We've all seen the trailers going into it. So we're all very excited for him to break this, this sleeping habit that he has. So in it, he falls asleep and he starts having these time skips where this woman that he works with decides that she she wants to go to dinner with him because apparently he's he's forgotten about it. But he asked her out to a steak dinner, a weird thing for him to do as a, a vegan or a vegetarian. Um, and he, there's a time skip and he shows up to dinner and he calls her and, and he's like, where are you? I'm at dinner. And she's like, that was three days ago. And He's like, what the heck? And he keeps waking up in these, like, uh, very compromising uh, positions. And the one of the best scenes of the first episode is he wakes up and he lifts his head up out of this field. And it looks like his jaw has been dislocated. And he looks up at, like, this castle or this, this huge building. There's two guys in the window. And they're like, there he is. They start shooting at him. He has no idea what's going on. And these time skips, they happen over and over again. There's a time skip where he is <laughs> he's got this this ancient Egyptian artifact, this golden scarab that he's keeping from the villain Arthur Harrow. And at one moment he's trying to keep it away and then he blacks out, Stephen blacks out and he wakes back up. And he's still got the thing in his hand, but his hand's all bloody. Like, he has just gone through some shit. There's people that are down on the ground all around him. So he's he's losing these segments of time. One of the coolest ones, he's driving. I think we saw it in the preview, actually, where he's driving. And a guy is attacking him in this ice cream truck that he's driving. or It's actually a cupcake truck that he's driving. And he's attacking him. And then he loses time. And he comes comes to and he turns around and he's got a gun in his hand. And he turns back and the guy that was attacking him now has a bullet wound in his face. And then he falls out of the back of this cupcake truck. So I was talking with my brother. And if you follow us on social media, if you follow the Culture Jack podcast on social media, you'll have already heard this. But we were talking about these time skips in the show and how cool it would be. And they may still yet do it. How cool it would be if... They uh, either expanded on them in the future, uh, or or clipped them all together. And I'm not I'm talking about expressly the moments that we missed as an audience before Stephen Grant came back to and Mark Spector was still in control uh, of his body. So anyway, um, well he's while he's running from these guys, he runs into a little village and. All of these people, you know, I can recognize a cult when I see one. All these people come out of their homes and, you know, from the street, and they go to greet this man who has put a bunch of glass in his shoe that we saw in the beginning. Was it in the beginning? I think it was. I don't know when it was. Maybe it was in the second episode? Oh, it's all blending together now. I should have done this immediately after I watched that first, uh, first episode. But they go see this guy, Arthur Harrow, who is some sort of prophet and he is a, a vessel to the Egyptian God Amit. And he says, do we have any volunteers? A man steps forward and he says, okay, you know, grab my hands. And he starts swinging this tattoo of the, this, these weights, these scales on his arm starts going back and forth. And he says, congratulations, you are a good soul. Uh, you haven't done anything worth Amit's wrath or, or something along those lines. Then this old lady steps up and she's like, I want to be judged as well. And turns out, uh, Ahmet thinks that she's been bad. And he says, I'm so sorry, uh, you're actually evil. And she's like, I've been good my whole life. And he's like, it, it's not necessarily about everything that uh, you've done already, but it's about those things and the things that you might do in the future. So uh, then she she dies. She falls down in the street and dies. And he, confronted by uh, Arthur and Stephen, they, they then have this... Um, they have this exchange where <laughs> Stephen wants to give him the, the scarab because he has no idea what it is or what it's for. And uh, Arthur tries to take it, but whoever or whatever is not allowing him to take that scarab or allowing him to give that scarab to Arthur. So it's a really cool, really cool scene. Um, they did do his costume reveal in the first episode, which I appreciated. Although it was at the end of the first episode, it's not like a Daredevil situation where they're going to make us wait through to the end of the entire first season before they show us his, um, uh, before they show us his costume. I do think his costume maybe looks a little too CG. Like, uh, he's, he's pummeling this dog creature on the floor and his cloak just doesn't look like there's a body under it you know that feeling like it doesn't feel like it's it's got more time in the oven that it needs to Uh, and there's this really cool sequence before he transforms into his costume he's being chased by this hellhound that's been unleashed by arthur harrow and it uh he's pummeling it on the floor but before that uh it turns out that mark Spector, the other personality of of stephen grant of moon knight shows up in a mirror and he keeps seeing this guy in reflective surfaces. And I I read an interviewer, it was a a piece about Moon Knight where Oscar Isaac actually had his brother on set to read the lines opposite of the character that he was portraying in that moment. And it was beautifully done. The way that they circled the camera around and Mark was begging Stephen to give him control of the body so he could then put on the suit and he could beat the hellhound that was chasing them. Uh, there is no end credit scene in the first episode, and the second episode I can't remember when it is, but uh, Stephen Grant goes back to the back to the museum to talk to a security guard about what had happened, and he uh, he he pulled up the security footage, and there was nothing there. Now I've heard this theory o- online a lot that. Uh, Based on the fact that there was nothing in the security footage that was chasing uh, Steven, there was no no hellhound, no devil dog. Does that mean that that is in his mind? And also, because he is afflicted with this disorder, this identity disorder, does that also mean that Mark Spector is, and I mean, obviously Mark Spector is in his mind, but also Moon Knight and the god Conchu. I love that. The, I love the way that they did Conchu and the interplay that they have between Mark Spector, Stephen Grant and Conchu, where Kanchu constantly is referring to Stephen Grant as the idiot or the dummy. Uh, <laughs> and it's the way that they should have done. It's the way they should have done the Deadpool character, because Deadpool, yes, he broke the fourth wall a lot and he talked very erratically and he was very strange and very weird. But one of the things he also did in the comics, there were distinctive speech bubbles for his character to, to show off that he was actually, you know, there was some some screws loose. He he was rattled, he was addled, and he was uh, maybe a little bit beside himself, so to speak. So in episode two, we learn a little bit more about Mark Spector. Steven tracks down a locker that Mark has, has gotten and he's, you know, got like a cot in there, he's got some sleeping gear and he's got this bag that's got uh, money, it's got a passport and that's where he learns Mark Spector's identity. And uh, Mark Spector confronts him, again in reflective surfaces. Oh, and in the first episode he did, uh, Stephen did find a phone in the wall that had a bunch of missed calls from a person named Layla And a person named Duchamp. Well, Duchamp only called one time. But I guess he is a very prominent character within the comics. He's uh, also called Frenchie, I believe. Which There was a Frenchie character in The the Boys as well. And later it was revealed that he actually had feelings for um, Mark Spector all along or something. And he was like his sidekick or something. Anyway, we learn a little bit more about Mark Spector in Episode 2. Uh, we do meet Layla. Uh, Layla tracks him down and is like, "Mark, what are you doing? What is this accent? Who are you? Who are you putting on?" And he finally convinces her that he's not who she thinks he is. He's not actually Mark. And uh, well, she believes him finally when they're being attacked by another Hellhound. Previous to the the second Hellhound attack, um, Stephen Grant is kidnapped by the police because he very foolishly gave Arthur Harrow all of his information when he was confronting him in that that village uh, square. Uh, So he's uh, kidnapped by the police who actually turn out to be agents of Arthur Harrow. And they deliver him to Arthur Harrow after leaving him in the squad car with a radio on and catch him in the act of talking to himself, talking to the god Konchu, talking to Mark Spector. And then they release him from his handcuffs so that he can have a nice little conversation with Arthur. Now, Arthur explains to him that, you know, there is chaos inside of him. No, he said that in the first episode, but he explains to him that he is trying to find the tomb of Amit and this golden scarab acts as kind of a compass for him to do that. And he wants to do that because he wants to uh, make a utopia on earth. He wants to Essentially, he wants to kill all of the, quote, bad people. And Stephen Grant, as the Stephen Grant personality, as they're enjoying a nice bowl of vegetable soup that his Arthur Harrow's nice little community has made. Even he says, well, so you're judging people before they have committed these evil acts. And he says, yeah, you know, I am. And all the while, you know, Conchú is you know knocking over tables and making things windy. And Arthur says, you know, I used to be the vessel of Conchú. He's he's a baby. He throws temper tantru- tantrums. His justice that he says he dispenses, he dispenses it too late. Ahmet wants to do that ahead of time. And Stephen Grant says, so what you're av- advocating for is for killing people before they have committed any cr- kind of treachery or any kind of crime or or villainous act like a child, like you would kill a child. If Amit said somewhere in his future, he did something vile. And he says, I look guys, you can't, you can't be serious. Like I'm not about, you know, child murder. And Arthur's like, that's enough. You know, give me the scarab. And he's like, I don't have it. And Layla bursts in. She's like, I've got the scarab. And you're like, Oh, Layla, you idiot. What are you doing? And she goes to rescue him. She's like, summon the suit. Summon the suit, Mark. And he's like, I'm not Mark. I don't know. What suit are you talking about? I don't know how to do any of this. And so they run away. Another hellhound attacks and she's like summon the suit, summon the suit and the hellhound breaks in and it knocks him out of a window on this after they've run up a couple of stories and to run away and he's falling and he, he summons the suit, but it's not the same suit that we saw him beat the first hellhound in because he is a different personality. At this time that he is he is using the power of Khonshu and summoning the suit, he summons this really nice, like, three-piece white suit, and he's got, like, the white mask on still. Um, apparently, that is a version of Moon Knight in the comics that is a wealthy version of the Avatar of Khonshu that, uh, is kind of a liaison between police and other people. So it, it was awesome. And he, he pulls out like these, these sticks. I can't remember what the, the term for the weapons. He's like, Oh, what are these sticks? These are cool. And we see that the, the power is not only in Mark Spector, but it's also in Steven Grant because this beast comes down and it's knocking him around. Layla can't see it, but she's fighting it too. She actually smashes a bottle and stabs a bottle into the invisible beast. But it knocks Stephen Grant down in the Moon Knight outfit. He reaches up and grabs the bumper of a vehicle. And when he does, he crushes the the bumper in his hand. So you're like, oh, shit, this guy's got strength. Then he, like, throws his dukes up and he's like, have at you, Beast. And he starts boxing this monster. I can't remember how they finally dispatch it. I think he... Oh, okay. That's what it was. So it knocks him into a bus and there's people gathering around. They're like, who is this dude? He's looking really cool. And Mark Spector in his head is like, Hey man, give me control. There's all these people. We've got to get it out of here or more people are going to get hurt. So Steven hands over control. Mark summons the actual Moon Knight suit and sends the creature on a chase. Uh, up to the top of a building and he's running away from it and the creature's coming after him and he grabs the creature as as they jump off of a building and he lands it right onto a spire. Um, There was another thing. Oh, well, while he was fighting the creature in the street as Moon Knight, we saw that scene that we saw in the trailer where he takes the moon symbol on his chest and he peels it off and it's kind of a weapon. Again, just like the cloak in the first episode, I didn't feel like this CG was really up to snuff uh, for where I expect a Disney Plus Marvel show to be. Uh, So, again, these are our our minor petty grievances. This is probably, it ranks pretty highly on my Disney Plus Marvel watching list, anyway. uh, But they, they, the lands this creature on the spire and at the bottom of the spire, there's like a, a pyramid of mirrors. And for the first time, we hear Steven and he's like, he's like, I don't like this. Give me my body back. And, and Mark looks at the mirror and he says, no, I'm sorry. I can't right now. And he's like, I can't breathe in here. And he's like, just breathe through it. You'll be all right. And he's like, give me my body back. Uh, and he, he can't. And con turns out that con is actually holding over the head of Mark Spector that he will take over Layla and have her become his avatar, have her become the Moon Knight uh, if he does not do it. And apparently Kanchu is just uh, over and over again saying, I just need one more thing. I just need one more uh, thing from you. So there's no end credit scene in this one either. Uh, the credit sequence, though, I didn't watch it after the first episode, but I watched it after the second episode, is really, really good. Um, I don't know if I like the fact that these Marvel shows don't have title sequences. They don't have intros. Like, you remember the intro on Daredevil for Netflix? That intro was so stinking good. It was so good. The Luke Cage intro was really good. Jessica Jones was really good. Iron Fist, damn. Everything about Iron Fist was, damn. Uh, So overall, episode one and episode two. Really, really good shows. It's it's turning into a really uh, interesting story. And I like it because I didn't know much about Moon Knight. Like, you know me, and typically I like to go into the comic wikis and find out everything I can about these characters so I can act superior when the shows and the movies finally come out. I didn't do that as much with Moon Knight. I, I mean, I had some cursory knowledge. He is a, a person who su- suffers from uh, dissociative identity disorder, and he also houses the, the spirit or the agency of an ancient Egyptian god. Um, it did get me thinking, though, because the last episode of this show... Hold on, hold on. The last episode of this show is on the 4th is on May 4th, and Doctor Strange comes out on May 5th, I think it is no surprise that these shows are so closely connected. And now when you think of shows and movies that uh, really a, a, a center focal point of the show is an ancient Egyptian God or ancient Egyptian theology, the Ennead, these nine or seven or nine gods that control the, the, the fate of, um, you know, Egyptians in long, long history past. Um, you think, where have I seen that before? Where have I seen that in recent media? Where have I seen that in media yet to be revealed in the future? And I do remember, I do recall there being a mummy or at least someone that looks like they've been wrapped in bandages in some kind of way in the Dr. Strange multiverse of madness trailer. Guys, this show is leading directly into the multiverse of madness. Go back and watch the Dr. Strange multiverse of madness trailer. Go back and watch it. America Chavez, the new character, who we haven't really properly been introduced to yet, but we've seen her in the preview. She's a character from the comics. She can open up portals via doors uh, in the comics. Cool character. I'm excited to see her on the big screen. But she is being held aloft um, by a a giant creature that looks to be uh, disassembled with bandages floating and swirling all around. So how about that? So how about that? I just, I, I found that, that key. That's, I think we're going to have a, a direct lead in to multiverse of madness. And we've got all of these, these kind of multiverse breaking events that we've talked about before, you know, uh, Loki and Sylvie when Sylvie, uh, spoilers for Loki killed Kang and opened up all the branching universes. When Wanda, uh had that had that um universe shattering moment where she created her own reality, her own children, and maybe started tinkering around in um uh, the Darkhold manual. Right? We've got Spider-Man No Way Home, where Doctor Strange has well, he's gone through quite a lot in order to help out a a college student get their admission reapplied for, right? They There's been several events, and I think there's going to be an event or several events in Moon Knight that also could be one of the possible fractures of this multiverse. So there's no real one hero to pin the blame on this multiversal uh, fracture, but... There you have it. Moon Knight is going to be another one. It's going to lead right into Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. I'm so excited. I can't wait to see Patrick Stewart as Professor X, though I would much uh, prefer the other guy. Who was the other guy? You know. You know the one I'm talking about. The other Professor X. I did like the other Professor X and the other Magneto. I hope they show up as well. But there are rumors that we're going to be getting the Reed Richards from the 2005 Fantastic Four movie which wouldn't be bad either. That's it for Moon Knight. That's all I've got for it. Are you watching Moon Knight? If so, what do you think? Leave me a comment on any of those social medias that I was talking about. Leave a review for the podcast. That'd be great. Subscribe, follow, do all that stuff. Get a hold of me at culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com. Let me know what you guys think of the new format of the show. I mean, granted, this is a long episode because it's kind of a catch-up episode. I'm, I'm... trying to put all the pieces back together after I was off for a month, uh, trying to, to get some new formatting changes out there, more formatting changes to come. Uh, let me know. Let me know what you think. And remember, you know, Anthony isn't on the podcast right now. He's taking a little bit longer break, but you can always find him over on his other project on breakout daily. That links in the description as well, right in the link tree. He's in there. Um, no, I think I just put his own link tree in there. Anyway, check out the description if you want to find Anthony. But that's all I have for the show today. Thank you so much for joining it. I appreciate it so much. I love doing this podcast. This is one of the reasons that I still wake up in the morning. I uh, <laughs> god, god damn that sounded dark, but it is something that I'm very passionate about, and I'm something something that I'm glad that I figured out a way. I think to do it without getting burned out so I can continue doing it, continue having these conversations and being embroiled in all of these uh, very nerdy, nerdy subcultures. But it's Friday, so I hope your week was great and I hope your weekend is even better. Cheers.